Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Redden-Rosdam, and I am joined by Don Pizzette. Don, how are you doing? I am doing great. I've managed to find my way to the studio uh, 250 times in a row. And, and we Almost. keep moving the yeah. room. And so that's impressive, even more impressive. Uh, you'll have to find your way to a new studio next week. We'll talk more about that in a second. But first, we have Daniel Lowry. Daniel, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I did not find my way here 250 times because I haven't been on the podcast. Oh, that's right. Beginning. We brought you in late. I sporadically would come in early. Yeah. Uh, but then I became a regular guest at around, I don't know, mm. Hundo, so maybe yeah. less. Yeah, one one twenty. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have to go back and look. Um, but it's, as it's whenever the complaints started ramping, right? Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ratings down, complaints up. That's yeah, how it works. So, a little bell chart, something. Uh, but as uh, as these guys alluded to, it is a special episode. It is number two fifty. You can see right behind me. We just came in here, and this was here. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the a, for the, the room spawned it. <laughs> yeah, there's a big two fifty balloon. So thank you to the team. Uh, Lauren and Kelly and everyone who who got that for us to say uh, congratulations, I think, or just to taunt us, I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'll have to find somewhere to put that after this. Um, but speaking of which, we, we've got some other changes. We're, we're moving next week. So Don, you'll have to find uh, your way to a new place. Yeah, it's, it's like all the way what 20 feet that way so i think i think yeah. i can find it because we're still in in covid protocol technically that when we we split up into different spots and so i think we've decided yeah at this point if we got it we got it so uh, <laughs> yeah we got a new a new fancy set uh that they've been slaving away for for weeks to get it ready and and we'll debut that next week which i'm i'm really looking forward to mostly because it involves a chair yes we get to sit down <laughs> All yeah. this standing. It's stupid. It's really stupid. It's, it they say sitting is the new smoking, and that's I fine. I said we smoke and stand, <laughs> yeah. or and sit at the yeah. same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Smoke them if you got them. That's right. Maybe we could bring in like uh, UV beams that just cook our flesh sure. while we smoke and sit. Yeah, just make this the most dangerous podcast <laughs> yeah. that we yeah. can think of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, honestly, we could use smokeless tobacco, right? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, chaw. Chaw. <laughs> You're sitting there yeah. dipping the whole up. I don't want so my bottom done. jaw. Yeah. Why would I want that? And if you send in a listener mail, you'll get a, uh, a Technado chalk up. Yeah, that's right. Pouches. Technado branded pouches. An empty Aquafina uh, bottle that yeah. Don has used. Yeah. That very oh, one. Man, that he's that's got, it. Is that Dasani? Yeah. I got Dasani. So <laughs> another another little change. Uh, well, I guess big change that we're doing is we're, we're going to focus less on the guests. We love having the guests come in, but we've got some feedback. You guys really enjoy the news and things. So we'll still have guests, but just on special occasions and, and really special guests at those times. Uh, but we'll be kind of focusing on all the news that's out there. Because each week, Don, you curate from a list. I and, do, yeah. And have to like, pick out items that sound great. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I filter the news feed as it is down to about 30 or 40 articles. And then the, the day of filming, I reduce that down to the five that we normally cover. And there are plenty of times where we, we bump things out that, yeah. that should be talked about. There's a few slow weeks where there's oh. only like three new articles, but yeah. but most weeks there's a lot. Only three organizations got hacked that week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or it's like they're all the same hack and we're not going to cover yeah, it like, three times. But just to prove now we how good these articles are that we just can't be getting rid of. I mean, this was the most important one uh, from this week uh, from theregister.com. Are they in order of importance, Don? Uh, no, not really. Okay, good, because I, I, this one seemed <laughs> dumb to me. Uh, Alma Linux comes to Windows subsystem for Linux. Community-supported, Red Hat-compatible distro, now available to Microsoft fans. So is, is this something that we knew was coming? Uh, no, th- this was actually a surprise to me. You know, we, we reported either last week or the week before, I can't remember, about how Alma Linux had na- uh, landed AMD as a sponsor. So AMD is putting money behind the Alma Linux project. Uh, if you've been following all the trials and tribulations of CentOS, which ended support last year, uh, people have been scrambling for a replacement. And it's been kind of a competition between Rocky Linux and Alma Linux. And it looks like Alma Linux is pulling ahead quite a bit in recent months. They landed AMD. They have a number of other sponsors. Uh, Rocky Linux has sponsors as well. Uh, but they have a better community team set up to be able to manage the product. 
And now they're launching with things like WSL support and even cloud images for deploying in the various cloud services. So making a big, big leap there. And if you're still on the fence of where you should be moving after CentOS, Omelinux is likely the the one to go with now. I got you a question for this. So this is an interesting thing to me because uh, I maybe I misunderstood the the use case of WSL. I just saw it as like, hey, I, I want to work in a more familiar environment that is Linux. Give me all those Linux bells and whistles that I'm used to, but uh, I can now do that in a Windows environment. I, almost supposed to be kind of like a, a server operating system, though, right? Running right. services and things like that. You're, and we're going to run that in WSL. You, you're basically running Windows, so you can run WSL. Sort of, yeah. Server? So, you know, the idea is like, let's say that I am deploying a web application that yeah. is Node.js. It's designed to run on top of, of Linux, right? right. And, and if I deploy it in AWS, I'm going to have a Linux image. AMI, you know, yeah. Right, that instance will be up and that's what I'm going to run on. But my work computer is a Windows machine. Right. All right, well, I could just do all of my work in AWS, but that, that slows things down. If I want to just quickly fire something up, mm. I don't want to pay for it, I want to leave it running, you know, that kind of okay. stuff. And so now you have the challenge of running it in a local environment. Well, you could just spin up a VM, right? That that would work. But the whole point of doing the cloud is it's supposed to be quick and easy right. and all that mess. Um, but instead of that, you could you could leverage uh, WSL, right? You quickly have a Linux environment up and running to be able to test workloads, develop, and then you go and deploy in the actual environment. One challenge is you can't run Red Hat in WSL. It's just not supported. You can't activate the machine. It isn't, there's ways to kind of like cobble it in there, but it's not officially supported. So having Alma Linux in WSL means that you could be developing or testing an application on WSL and then deploy on RHEL, and it would effectively be the same environment. Okay. Well, going back to what you said earlier, if I've learned anything, it's that Rocky will be down and then make a big comeback. So it's not till you know he hits the mat a couple of times uh, that he comes back. And, and I don't know about you. Does, but does Linus come up and cut its eye? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I didn't hear no bell. Is there yeah. an Apollo Linux? Yeah. Is there yeah. an Apollo Linux? <laughs> Apollo, yeah. What's the Russian version of yeah. this? What's Drago? the Ivan Drago of... Uh, I will destroy you. Yeah. If he dies. If That's he what dies. it was. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Fantastic. It's a good movie. Yeah. It is a great, great movie. Yeah. If you have <laughs> no, not seen Rocky Four, I highly recommend it. Is Rocky Four the best? I mean, can you? I mean, uh, it's hard to have a sequel be better. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a damn good movie. It's a great. Yeah. Movie, right. I, one and two. It's, it's a different pretty, kind of story, right? Yeah. One and two. It, it's it's Rocky, just the everyday right. man, it's the story being, of just the, guy. the underdog, yeah. right? Versus Rocky Four, that's America. That is yeah. America. That's America, yeah. yeah. That is versus the Cold Russia. War. Yeah, is encompassed. It was in. the apex of the eighties yeah. Cold War. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of like, stuff. I put that and Red Dawn as like the two best Cold. Well, I don't, Red Dawn's now you got uh, also War Games is a great. I don't know. There, there's too many good Cold War movies. <laughs> that, there's our, our next uh, segment that we'll do oh, next man. time. Favorite Cold War movie. Yeah, they, there was a lot of good ones. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's move on to our next article, which comes to us from ZDNet.com. Microsoft brings ARM support to Azure Virtual Machines. It's been a long time coming, but Microsoft is making available a preview of Azure VMs supporting ARM-based processors from Ampere. Yeah, you know, uh, Amazon teamed up, or actually they didn't team up, they developed their own, but Amazon has had ARM instances on AWS for quite some time now, so you can spin up virtual machines that are running with an ARM processor in them. Azure has now followed suit, so they've got that active. Uh, Microsoft did it by teaming up with another company that actually makes cloud ARM processors. They have 128 cores. So these are not like uh, Raspberry Pis right, with the <laughs> two cores or four cores or whatever. These are, are specifically designed for cloud deployment. Uh, and it, it's kind of exciting. I, I've talked to a number of people who said they don't really care if they're on ARM or Intel or whatever, so it doesn't matter. So you, you might wonder about that, like, what do I really care? But the, the main important thing to remember is that these ARM processors, when you we calculate out the like cost per power unit that's in these things, uh, it's like half the cost of an Intel wow. CPU. And so if you want to push your workload into the cloud, now imagine somebody comes along and says, hey, you can double your, your resources at no cost. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's what it effectively is. By Grapthar's hammer. 
Yeah, what, what a savings. savings. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, see, that's not a Cold War film. No, that's it's just not. A, a funny film. No. <laughs> I, I almost hit you with Talk to Me, Goose. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, that's another great Cold War film. So, uh, so, in this case, if you haven't messed with ARM processors for your workloads yet, I think you'll be surprised. In, in today's day of, of containers and Kubernetes and all that, your workload will run on top of an ARM processor just as well as it will on an Intel load. And if you can get that for half the cost, your scalability goes through the roof. I mean, if you're just trying to save money, that's one reason to do it. Yeah. But being able to double your resource allocation without increasing cost, ARM needs to be on your radar. Yeah, I just saw the preview for the new Top Gun. <laughs> and uh, our process. I wonder who nice. they're fighting this time. If it's the Russians or it was weird the, to so see that Maverick. movie has been like that was kind of like um, did they they remade Red Dawn? Remember? Yeah, yeah. With Chris Hemsworth, right? That was terrible. Well, they had to like the they North keep Korean, having to push right? it because it, it started off as China, mm. right? And then they were like, well, you know, we kind of got some. Yeah, some dealings. Well, you know, the, the Chinese government. Like, yeah, we would like this to be we, aired in China. They, yes, that's they a lot wanted, of money. They wanted to hit that money gap in China. Therefore, now we got to change it and pivot over to North Korea because they're still everybody's favorite bad guy. And they're yeah. not showing this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, so that was kind of messed it up. And I think we we hit the same kind of thing hmm. with um, Top Gun. But it's weird because it's just Maverick uh, flying a drone uh, from yeah, his house. Yeah, but he has like patches on his jacket and stuff. <laughs> that the Chinese government is a big fan of. Oh, jeez, yeah. I haven't seen yes. that. Did you see the uh, video fine. of, uh, it was Kim Jong-un with the, yes. the latest missile the dramatic. Yeah, Yeah, he's got the leather yeah, jacket. Yeah. The, he looked like Maverick. And they're like, I'm going to point this way. Let's yeah. all point this way. Yeah, it was funny. It just goes to show everybody loves Top Gun. They mm-hmm. do, because right? it's a great flick. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish he'd come out on the motorcycle. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with uh, Danger Zone playing in the back. So, <laughs> Played beach volleyball wearing blue jeans. <laughs> Kenny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some Kenny Loggins. So anyway, that is what's new with Microsoft and ARM. <laughs> I had I had nothing to add about the actual topic. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. Well, we um, covered it. It's like, how about this? It's <laughs> just right. a vehicle for us to talk about Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. And how does this relate to Top Gun? You see, they're fighting over chips. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's the war of the chip yeah, shortage. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, All right. Our next article comes to us from hardware.slash.org. 40,000 Chromebooks and 9,600 iPads went missing at Chicago public schools during COVID. And (laughs) those numbers are crazy. But are uh, are these uh, computers that were issued to students and then just didn't come back? Yes. So, you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of businesses had to scramble to make it where their employees could work from home. And that's one thing. But public schools had it even harder because they needed to get it where the children could go home and still participate in classes. Now, for an adult, you can, well, usually tell them what to do and they follow directions and it's their job. If they don't do it, you dock their paycheck or whatever. But for students, it's a whole different story. And so schools had it really difficult. And people people anticipated that a lot of the equipment that was being sent out with the students wasn't going to come back. Either it get broken, damaged stolen, lost, you know, any number of things could happen yeah, to it. caramel sauce in the ports now. Yeah. Yes. All yeah. kinds of gross stuff. And so now we are starting to see what that number actually looks like. And it's not so bad. It actually works out to about something like 8 or 9% of the amount of equipment that they sent out is not coming back. So, you know, a less than 10% attrition is not, not the end of the world. I, I think they probably would have accounted for that. Uh, what was more important, though, was that for the last two years, these students at least – assuming they had the equipment for any given amount of time, uh, were able to to use it and, and learn from home. And if the equipment doesn't make it back, well, a two-year shelf life on a Chromebook isn't that in, big of a deal. In an unrelated story, ShyGuy0623 on eBay has started a new store <laughs> yeah. with plenty of iPads and Chromebooks Chromebook. to be had for well, you know, so, so I thought about that. I, I was like, you know, if, you, if you're sending out all of these laptops, obviously you've got people of different socioeconomic levels, yeah. and, and some people might be tempted to just sell it on eBay yeah. and, and make some money. Oh, I lost it. But... Chromebooks in particular, but are kind of like iPhones and iPads where yeah. they have identifiers, they're locked down. Mm. You can't you can't resell them. Mm. I mean, if you do, they're they're basically bricked anyway, yeah, so you can't parts. use them for anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have no doubt that some of them were sold, but the majority of them probably were legitimately stolen, lost, or damaged. I mean, we're talking about kids. Yeah. And oh yeah. They're gonna they're gonna throw it in their backpack and then chuck it against the wall and watch well, it shatter. Oh yeah. We're also talking about Chicago. So they, they actually did a uh uh, uh, Chromebooks for Guns program where they would give you a gun <laughs> for your Chromebook this uh, is true. to get them back. What do they call it? Chirac? 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, they do. I mean, that's like a legit thing. They call it Chirac. Because it's, it's more dangerous in Chicago than it was in the green zone in Iraq. Yeah, how many tours have you done yeah. in, in Chirac? Chicago? Yeah. Uh, it's rough out there. Yeah. Well, so in, in this case, in Chicago, it looks like it's higher than that average you were saying. It's about 20%. Uh, of that. That's what that number recommend. Uh, uh, what that number that's the statistic they're giving you in the article. Represents. Thank yeah. you. It's like rep for something. English. Uh, yeah, 40,000 Chromebooks and 9,600 iPads. So uh, I think maybe next year uh, they'll be switching to the Amazon Kindle uh, Fire tablet, <laughs> which is like 30 bucks. <laughs> so that's a legit nice little buy right there. It is, yeah. So I bought the 8 for $45. Yeah. And you can easily disable those ads that make it that low. In exactly, price. yeah. Hmm. And then you can install Google Play, and you're off. The but kids love ads nice too. Little. They do because they're idiots. <laughs> yeah. I have taught my children that when ads come on, they they shut their ears and close their eyes and wait till it's what? over. Yeah, Daddy, no. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> why do they, not let them? Why are they doing iPads? Anyway, I mean that's that's expensive. The Chromebooks I get because that's a the cheaper device. The well, iPad's pretty expensive. I. I if you look for educational apps, mm-hmm. you'll find that the iOS app store in general has Chocolate. more and higher quality educational apps than the regular. And, and a lot of that comes from schools. Schools for a long time have been predominantly Apple that's where, true. you know, they have the, the computer in the classroom and it's a Mac. And so that that's how they make that leap over to iOS. Like yeah. Apple has... Apple has done their marketing and lobbying and, and all of that to make sure that they're they're the default choice in schools. Yeah, we had the Apple Two GS in our uh, computer labs back in we had fifth grade. Apple something, I don't know what yeah. it was. When you rode your Brontosaurus to school, yeah. that's right, <laughs> uphill. Yeah, and Brontosaurus did not like that. It's like Jack Black on a water, <laughs> on a water buffalo. buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> all right, our next article comes to us from Tom'sHardware.com. Samsung and Western Digital team up for ZNS SSDs. Uh, the two storage companies will jointly develop and promote zoned storage technologies. I didn't know Samsung was considered a storage company, but there they are. So what? Oh it, yeah, yeah, big time. Is that what you consider? Oh, I mean, yes, they're they, they know they're, they, they're part of what they, they are. Do. A big manufacturer of storage devices. Yeah, yeah. What what is zoned storage? That's none of your business. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving do you, on. Do you remember when SSD first came out and everybody was worried, like, oh, you can only write to it so many times. Eventually, oh, right. it wears out, and yep. and spinning disk lasts forever, even though they all fail after yeah. three years. But <laughs> so right after, right after the warranty, right? Yep, yeah, three yeah. years. That's it's like it. clockwork. So with SSDs, they do wear out. Now the thing they kind of leave off is that it's after millions of writes, and for most so people, lot. it's it's a, a long time. I, I have. I, I know for a fact I have one SSD in my house right now that I've been running for 10 years and wow. it's still not dead. So uh, <laughs> you know, they can last a long time. But one thing they can do to extend their life is to make sure they're not writing to the same place over and over again, right? So they can write to different areas of the disk to spread the wear out and increase the lifetime. There's also some security features that can make use of this as far as dividing the disk up. And they do that by creating zones. So they, they take all of the memory that's addressable and they block it out into zones. Each one is assigned an identifier or a name, and so you can then write to it. Uh, not a new technology idea. Like Zones have been used in tons of things. Uh, storage area networks use them like crazy. Uh, so that's not new. But what happened was uh, the, the ZNS, you can actually see it from the operating system. So most of the stuff that happens on an SSD is completely hidden from the OS. It has no idea where it's writing on the disk. The hardware takes care of it. With ZNS, it's exposed, so the operating system can actually see it and influence where it's writing on the disk. But Samsung, Western Digital, Seagate, a couple of the different manufacturers out there all implemented this different ways. Hmm. And because it was different, nobody wanted to support it. And so you didn't see widespread adoption of it. Well, Samsung and Western Digital teamed up and said, you know what? What if we just do the same thing? What if we don't do things differently? We do it the same way, and then maybe we'll get some support. And that's what we're seeing right here. So they've labeled it ZNS, or zoned zoned namespaces. And if you get a Samsung disk or you get a Western Digital disk, they'll address it the same way, which means Microsoft Windows, Linux kernel, and other systems will be able to directly support that. So standardization to the rescue. Well, you still have all those other vendors out there. That's true. Uh, but at but least- the more you start getting support for this, the more they're going to fall in line and go, if we want to sell our version of this, right. we have to at least make it compatible with the things that people yeah. are already used to. If they can get Seagate and Toshiba on board, then like that's yeah, it. Now, it. Yeah. Yeah, now it's done. It's done. Yep. Yeah, that's how do we do who else it was. Yeah, so we're, 
I mean, we're we're probably at like half the market right here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, who two. doesn't want faster discs, right? Mm-hmm. We like that. That's good. I mean, I don't really see that. You know, it doesn't like affect me too much in the way I use storage. But there's a lot of people that IOPS are a big deal, and speed is the name of the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, high-end storage like this, like all of Intel's Optane storage mm-hmm. and all, uh, has not been terribly popular. And I think it's because of standards like these that, that just don't exist. It's hard to implement. And so we'll see this evolve more over the next couple of years. Yeah, nothing like hitching your wagon to somebody you don't know whether or not it's going to actually be the solution you need. Yeah. And then there's no competition. And if you do, if you do want to go to some competition, you got to retool the entire idea. It's, it's just a pain. Did we talk about this last week? Like yeah, because I was like, about how I was yeah. a HD DVD guy yeah. Yeah. With, with my Zune. Yeah. Like, this is it's the future. HD DVD was the better quality, correct? I think that's what they say, but yeah. just Blu-ray had... It was, it was literally the Betamax of this generation, yeah. right? Yeah. Betamaxes were bigger, though, too. Remember those things? The device? The, not well, the tapes, though. The, the tapes, tapes were small. No? Yeah, yeah the tapes were yeah. smaller. Betamax okay. were smaller yeah. than VHS. And yeah. they had a higher quality... Yeah, I remember uh, it was marginal, but it was better quality. Yeah, um, a high, a more high density tape, I believe it was. Yeah. yeah, I remember when they first came out, HD DVD, you could store more data on a disc right. than Blu-ray. Uh, not Blu, yeah, yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah therefore you could have a higher quality. It was yeah. just an issue yeah. of the fact that Sony was behind Blu-ray. I so, think that so helped. My, and PlayStation. My first HD DVD player was the one that came with the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And I bought that, and it came with King Kong <laughs> with Jack Black, Yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, we were having a Jack Black conversation before the show. Um, and I put that thing in. It was meant to be kind of like this demo it disc. Like, yeah. It was flipping amazing. I was like, this is insane. Yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah it is right here and in front was, of me. When it, when it was HD, it was like 720 It was 720p, right? yeah. <laughs> On your 19-inch yeah. CRT I, I was TV. losing. No, I had a, I had a, a, flat, had a flat, flat screen. Back then, no, it wasn't yeah. plasma. No. Oh, the old I, flat screens that were like 300 pounds. I still pounds. have that television. It still works. It's like it's, a tube. TV. It's 14 years old. No. And oh, okay, okay. And no, it's still it was playing King Kong to this very day. I just run it in a loop. Yeah, remember when Michael McDonald. They switched to the flat. TVs that were still 16 by 9 but were still tube and that, so like, those were the, the heaviest things DLPs DLPs those were DLP televisions the, yeah no those weren't a tube though because that was a projector they weren't a tube but it was yeah. a projector yeah okay it looked like that's a tube. what it, needed the it space had a, the it had a large okay. back yeah 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 those things were massive they, they did do a great but picture massive. though yes yeah. they yeah. did all right. Uh, speaking of some great pictures here from 9to5Mac.com, Wisecam security flaw gave hackers access to video, went unfixed for almost three years. Um, so <laughs> Well, we, you know, they're getting around to We've it. made yeah. fun of Foscam uh, for a while because uh, everyone in China was watching you. Foscam's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about these guys? <laughs> yeah. oh, well, we at least tried to patch our stuff, but yeah. the yeah. government wouldn't let Until us. Until we decided not to. Yeah. But uh, these cameras are... A really popular one, I know, that it's kind of like the maybe a little lesser brand, a little cheaper on, on Amazon and stuff. So a lot of people pick these things. Oh, up. yeah. Wise cameras are incredibly popular. That's W-Y-Z-E. If you go on Amazon and look for any kind of remotely accessible web-based you know security camera type solution, you'll find Wise in your search results mm-hmm. for for 35 to 50 yeah. bucks, like right in that range, you can get a camera that you just stick in your house, you plug it in power-wise, it connects over wireless, and now you can log into the web portal and, and see your house or see whatever it is you're doing with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's cheap and it's powerful if you think about it. Like it, yeah. it has to run a web server that does streaming video that you're able to access from the internet. That's a lot. And, and you're paying bottom dollar, 35 to 50 bucks. Like what do you expect to get? If you compare that to like a ring camera, where some of the ring cameras are $100, $200. Uh, there's other... Uh, oh, shoot. What's the one that we have in the lunchroom here? Um, I don't uh, know. It used to be called Dropcam. Now it's called something else. I have no idea. Uh, I can't remember. But uh, okay. the Nest camera... Oh, actually, it is the Nest this camera. Is the Nest, Nest yeah. in there, yeah. yeah. Uh, where the, these cameras are, are more like $100, $200, right? Yeah. And that's, that's big companies. Nest is owned by Google. Ring is owned by Amazon. So if a big company can only get the price down to 100 bucks. But Wise can get it down to forty bucks. They got they got to be cutting corners somewhere. Yeah, Yeah. security and it's security. Yeah, the software is crap, and and that's what we we found with the Foscams for years. This one's pretty interesting. Uh, Apparently, if you pop an SD card into one of these Wise cams, it immediately fires up a web server on port eighty. Uh, so unencrypted that does not require authentication, and anybody who can ping that camera 
can then browse and watch all the videos that are on the SD card. So you you can't necessarily view live on the camera, but you can you can or or can you use that as a foothold then and and work around well, in there. That's the interesting part. Remember, that there's there's three flaws here. One of the other flaws is that it writes its encryption key to the SD card. The very SD card that you now have access to. <laughs> yeah. And and that little web server that fires up doesn't just share the videos, it shares everything on the SD card. And so once you have that key, then you just have to find a way to intercept the traffic and you can decode it to see the okay. live stream. Also, it's a lot harder, but it can yeah. be done. The majority of this does actually require the attacker to be on the same network as the camera. So there's at least that little yeah, silver lining. protection. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why is they dragged their feet on this and uh, in some of their cameras they've end of life and they're not going to patch those but do we uh, know they knew about it this whole time oh yes it's, the article said they knew about it for yeah. three years yeah it was they were notified and um somewhere they have the timeline in here where like the first one was patched pretty quickly yeah it says um, it took six months to fix one 21 months to fix another and two years to patch the SD flaw. Yeah. So just know that hmm. if you're buying any kind of internet of things device yeah. right the less money you pay, the less you can trust that device. Like, it's just... It sounds like these cheaper manufacturers, basically, if you, you know, let them know, hey, I may have found a security issue with your device, you know, and you, you email them that information, they have, like, an Outlook auto-reply of a middle finger. <laughs> is, that, is that how that's working? Well, I, I always wonder, and I, I wonder if there's a way we could figure this out. Maybe one of our listeners will know how to do it. Uh, but when you hear about these companies, like you go on Amazon and you search for a battery pack or something, and you find one that's Shentoo brand or you know oh, something yeah. you've never even heard of. Like, can you find out how many employees a company like that has? How, how many employees Depends. does Wise actually have? Well, I think a lot of that, too, is like 12. you've got the real factory. <laughs> you've got, you know, the Amazon factory that maybe isn't owned by Amazon, but that's making the ring cameras. Then there's a second door out the back where they say, well, let's just sell some here because this, you know, we yeah. can sell this directly it's as our own brand. It's basically like a, a wiped version shell. Scratch the word yeah. ring off of it. Yeah. And, and it's, you know. Put Shejang. It seems, yeah, because a lot of you look at these products and there's 100 different products that all look identical and have hundred different brands. So right. yeah. I feel like it's stuff like that happening. Yeah, My guess is really small company probably contracted out the software development work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, got it made up like that. And then they probably have to pay for updated maintenance. They went like, on Fiverr. And, <laughs> well, maybe, you know. And then you get a jingle there. Yeah. Basically, at that point, anytime there's a security fix they have to do, it costs them money. They're yeah. already on a shoestring margin, so it just doesn't get done. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if they're just basically you know, looking at the numbers on how much money can we make until we have no choice but to pull the plug on these things. Yeah, it might work out and we go, well, yeah. we're still rich. Well, so. we can fix this or <laughs> we can just change our company name again. Let's Man, just change start the company making, name. Remember that horrible company that made yeah. those internet cameras? Ah, forget them. Get, get this camera. This is the new $40 leveler right here. Well, I've got <laughs> at home, I, I'm... Uh, it's called I'm, Not Wise. I'm running some, <laughs> some Huawei cameras. Are you really? Uh, yeah, just uh, and they're uh, it's all secured with Kaspersky though, so I'm <laughs> totally set now. No one's getting into my uh, you're video good to go. network. No. Good to go. I'm just doing a, a quick test here. So I went on Amazon and I did a search for wireless camera. Hmm. Uh, so that's my my kind of search terms here. Those Amazon um, cameras are. Yeah, that ring's going to come up first because they own it. Yeah. The, well, the first four that came up are all Blink cameras, Blink. Okay. which yeah. I think Blink is owned by Amazon. Um, not positive on that one, but I think they are. Uh, the, the fourth result is Smvinner, uh, S M M V I N N R. So yeah. like, you know, I've never heard of that company ever. That's not Seems even a, legit. Vowels cost extra. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I don't trust that company to write secure software. Oh man. And no, I, I want to buy one now. I don't think I'm, uh, I'm being Why buy one when you can just access someone yeah, else's. Somebody else's. <laughs> Hey, could you point your camera at my house a little better? A little left. There you go. Can't see my driveway. Yeah. Thank the, you. The fifth result is how do you pronounce this? D Z E E S. Z's? You have to be D's, nuts. Z's nuts. Z's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, who's going to get there first? Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, just. For our listeners, I'm not making that up. That totally That's is legit. there. Uh, but why is it looks like it's in my my ninth or tenth selection? It's actually listed as a top pick editorial recommendation. Yeah. The Wise Cam from Wise Magazine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. A well, subsidiary of Wise International. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe think twice about that and. Uh, yeah, don't don't use the SD card feature. Uh, for well, sure. what's it, so interesting? So Don, you were talking about how there's this weird little thing about it where uh, 
you have to be on the same network if you want to sniff the traffic. Mm-hmm. You can look at card data from externally external networks, and that that is a security concern. So if you're saving information from the camera itself onto the card, then you could be exposing well, yourself. Even, even yeah. that was still limited, right? Because you you had to be able to get at the camera on port eighty, right? So like, but those were, things are like DIN DNS usually. Oh, if they had UPnP right. on your router, which I I disable UPnP. Yeah, on but mine. a lot of people don't because yeah. they want to go out to eat and see what the kids are doing. Good point. And and so you I don't disable it because be, I don't know what it is. But that's a, <laughs> but that's a live feed though, right? They're, a lot of times they're not looking at saved information on the card. Yeah, there. So there's nothing really there. You can do that. But a lot of people don't do that. So there's still, we, we don't want to kick wise while they're down. No. Nah, don't get me wrong. They're three years. You, you, had, you had plenty of time. <laughs> you know, yeah. but there are, we, we don't want to make it more than it actually is either. Yeah. That's, that's where, like, if I were able to access the live from over port 80 with no authentication, that would be a much more horrible concern than. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're, you're reusing cards, like if you grabbed a, some rando SD card you had laying around and plugged it in and it had data on it, well, what, guess what, who's reading that business? What's scarier though that the that the guy watching you is across the globe, you know, in in his living no, room, scary or that he is in your driveway, <laughs> <laughs> waiting to see when you yeah, fall asleep, eating popcorn with a knife in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah his eyes are bed. closing. Yeah, oh, they're sleepy time. All right, well, let's, list written in lipstick. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> Let's do this. Uh, we've got we've got to talk about who get pwned. Uh, we're going to look at some deja news, but first, let's take a quick break and come back and cover those things in just a moment on Technado with Don Pizet. How do IT leaders stay on top of their game with the IT Pro TV webinar series? Twice per month, IT Pro TV presents a webinar on current topics in the IT world. What are some of the key things we should be doing in our organization to make sure that we're prepared for disasters and then... Uh, so what do you say we go ahead and get started with today's topic, how to train your end users g threat? So we're going to talk about some of the major things that you need to do to help keep your people safe while they're working remote. You can catch IT Pro TV webinars live or watch on demand when your schedule permits. See them all. Visit itpro.tv webinars today. All right, welcome back to Technado with Don Pizet's 250th episode extravaganza. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for those of you watching or just listening, we just had the confetti fall yeah. and the ball drop and the whole thing. It was amazing. Um, yeah, and for those of you watching, don't tell the people listening that none of that happened. Yeah, because the listeners, I mean, they don't even get to see the dance number. No, uh, they don't. Yeah. What would you do to set up a, a wise camera in here? <laughs> oh, then and then they can, can see just watch. Just we go. Yeah, that. as we go. It's an easier way than paying for you know distribution just <laughs> find the crappiest network and be like well, you can just hack it <laughs> you can just hack it all right well let's take a look this week at who got pwned looks like you're about to get pwned fatality yeah! all right this week there was a chimpanzee who was pwned mm. uh, specifically mailchimp they say an internal tool was used to breach hundreds of accounts according to this TechCrunch article and so internal tool does that mean like inside job or that someone hacked in and used their own systems against them somehow uh not sure yet right they haven't actually caught the culprit on this one but an inside tool do you guys remember the big twitter hack from just a couple yeah. of years ago yeah Maybe. when they went after like biden and like some of the top accounts yeah yeah, yeah. So they they got access to the tool that the support team it used, you know, the administrators right. that they could reset passwords and gain access to accounts. Well, that's exactly what happened here is that outside attackers got access to the administrative tools that manage the MailChimp service. Now, if you're not familiar with MailChimp, uh, who am I then kidding? I think you're living under is, a rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, half the spam you get comes from <laughs> Mailchimp. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I shouldn't say that. That's not fair. Spam chimp. Uh, chimp spam. <laughs> yeah, Mailchimp is an email service. It, you know, it, it's getting hard to reliably deliver email to somebody's mailbox, and it might be a legitimate email. Like we use it for password resets on our site, yeah. where. If you fill out a password reset form, then you you get an email with a link to go and change your password. That's from Mailchimp. Well, with us, pretty sure. Uh, oh wait, uh, SendGrid. SendGrid is the other oh, one. Okay. Uh, Mailchimp, SendGrid, Mailgun. Uh, you like those are some of the yeah. big ones that are out there. Uh, M A L E. M-A-I-L. <laughs> I-L. Mailgun, yeah. Yeah, because this website is different, Mailgun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet it is. So uh, so basically, they try and reliably send email. They do retries. And if you end up on a spam list or whatever, they help you remediate that. So 
marketers use it a lot and and, yeah. and developers who need their applications to send email because uh, it's hard not to end up on a spam list right. if you're sending even legit email. Remember when we used to have a computer here called the Spambot? Yep. <laughs> that was yeah. a mistake, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Which wasn't really its purpose, but... It's it kind of it's sending out, out lots doing. of emails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sending out lots but, of emails. You know, a provider like this, somebody who specializes in sending email, is like the ultimate privacy target for an attacker. When they can get in, they could get lists of millions upon millions of valid email addresses. It would be marketing cold. That's not what happened here. In this case, though, the attackers were specifically targeting cryptocurrency companies. So while they did break in and technically had full access to all of MailChimp's customers, they only dialed in on about 300 customers that were all in some way associated with cryptocurrencies. They harvested the emails from over 100 of those accounts. And now that they've got them, they're starting to, to basically craft phishing attacks on those people. They, they know these are people that deal with cryptocurrency. Let's try and exploit them and be able to get some untraceable funds, which we know aren't exactly untraceable. But we, but we like them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so were they actually then sending emails from the MailChimp system that were on behalf of those companies? So hard to, hard to prove. They, they didn't send email through MailChimp at all. Okay. So it was all harvesting data. But, but phishing emails have been going out to lists that appear to correlate to the list from MailChimp. Okay. So it's, it's, it's reasonably safe to say that, yes, they are actively exploiting those lists. Fun. It is a good time, right? Uh, and well, they they said they're triaging pretty well, though, saying that they immediately like um, revoked those API keys that they were stolen, uh, so that they couldn't continue to send out but, email yeah. from it. But, but that data is out, so I mean, it's well, the list is out. You know, yeah. so you're going to start getting more spam or whatever. But that's why your spam filters are going to learn. Hey, don't take email from this person. Yeah, I, I'm waiting to see what their notification response will be. So so yeah. far, it's not good because yeah. it's already been uh, a week at this point. Oh, I think since they, they detected I only, it. I think I only heard uh, about it yesterday or the day before. I thought they detected it earlier. Yeah. 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 First reported by Bleeping Computer came out over the weekend. Was that March this last 26th. one? That would have been the weekend before March 26th. March 26th. Yeah. So yeah, that was a weekend. That yep. was a week ago. Yeah. So. So well, basically, get on it, MailChimp. <laughs> you know, MailChimp is legally beholden to their customers, so they True. have to notify their customers. But because they're an email agency, they maintain email data on everyone just about. I, yeah. I can guarantee the three of us are oh, in yeah. some MailChimp database. list somewhere. But because we don't do cryptocurrency, no one cared. Maybe, right? <laughs> or maybe I'm a giant cryptocurrency. Yeah, you don't know that. I'm uh, super into yeah. fungible trader. tokens. <laughs> Just fungible tokens. Yeah, just, tokens. just NFTs. Yeah. No, just FTs. I just, oh, just do, FTs. I do the fungible ones. Yeah. <laughs> I share them with He them. only likes fungibles. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I'm curious, like, do they need to notify us? Like, if one of us, if our data was harvested, would they have to notify us? Because we're not their customer. We're their victim. Yeah. <laughs> Target. I don't right, know because you... we're not directly there. Like, I don't pay for a MailChimp account. Right. But my data is in their servers, therefore. I didn't I was agree to a terms Europe, of service with them. In Europe... That very well may be true, right? Mm -hmm. Because of GDPR. Yeah. And no. they would be considered a, a sub processor. Right. So the actual processor would be whichever cryptocurrency company you did business with. So right. would the notification need to come from them? Yeah. Do, I think do it they would. have an onus then to. Uh, you know. And so we'll, we'll see. But potentially this could be a huge email list. Now, MailChimp doesn't exactly maintain sensitive data. Like they don't have. Right credit card information on all email of us, accounts but. and API keys for programmatic access. Yeah. And that's about it. So it, it's not, it's not like Equifax level bad, yeah. but it's spam bad. <laughs> it's spam bad. Do, do y'all even check your email anymore? <laughs> uh, now we've got that, that focused and, uh, Oh, I box. turn that crap off. I turn that off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because like, I was that is annoying. Just, just notifications from, um, uh, shortcut, which we use as like a, uh, kind of like a Jira, you know, uh, kind of app. Go, we're we're all going in there, and then a, a lot of. Um, I've noticed that everything important. A lot of newsletters needed to see went somewhere yeah. else. Uh, like, I don't know how it's picking what to go in that folder or not. Whatever it deems would be the most important choices. thing you need yeah. to see. It's weird choices yeah. it was making. I turn that focus inbox off, so and, I can do that. And okay. I have Outlook uh, rules th that I have slowly crafted like a bonsai tree over the years to <laughs> yes. immaculate i mean uh, mr miyagi uh, levels i'm, all, I'm, I'm, all, I'm there with you brother <laughs> i'm uh, guessing that don sent out an email to the company of how to disable that focus thing and i'm guessing it went to the focus box um, and I never saw it. 
No, we didn't send an email because the first time you go in there, it says, welcome to your focus box, and you can turn it off right there. I thought it was a feature. I thought it was a feature. It's like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I was like, uh, off. You I mean, it why in. not try it? And Sucks then, to be you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Technology's yeah. hard. We have sold your data to everyone now. All right, well. Can um, I get a cut of that? I mean. <laughs> yeah, you should. No, I think that goes right to Don's pocket. Oh, dang it. All right, well, let's take a look at something that we have covered before, but we've got some updates in this week's Deja News. Deja News. Sounded like she said deja poop. She did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This one is from ArsTechnica.com. Mystery solved in destructive attack that knocked out more than 10,000 Viasat modems. Acid rain is the seventh wiper associated what with <laughs> russia invasion of ukraine what does that have to Somebody's but this has been watching acid too much rain, hackers it, acid rain has some some uh capitalizations here so that's not we're not talking about the actual rain uh it is not are we? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been dissolving the yeah my satellite dish was all yeah. melted away people don't worry about acid rain anymore it's remember it's not a thing deal. anymore yeah. is it not a thing yeah Huh. Or, or did we just predict it wrong? Because in the 80s and stuff, you're like, yeah, acid rain. Well, remember the hole in the ozone? Where'd that go? Yeah, melt your face off. Yeah, like, it, yeah, it, like, it fixed itself. It's well, gone. We, oh, they they banned CFCs, I stopped right? using hairspray. I don't know. Aquanet. <laughs> the 80s stopped and Aquanet became <laughs> yeah, out of the Hair band stopped. Yeah. <laughs> it was it the was, whole purpose of grunge. That'll was, do it. Uh, <laughs> How amazing would that be if it was actually like scientifically measurable <laughs> that hair bands affected that? Yeah. <laughs> Like at a poison, hey, there, the, the whole chaos theory is, would say that they did. It's right, right above this poison concert. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It just, and it moves as they're following tour their tour bus. Yeah. All right. That so what, what's awesome. this one all about? Crew is right here. I don't remember there. talking about these Viasat modems. So what was the original story? All right. Well, you, this might have been one of those. You, you mentioned articles. I sometimes have to cut out because we don't have a room. I might have cut this one out. Because so we're doing deja news about something we didn't. Maybe. Deja. It's, it's the uh, Mandela effect, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, Sinbad was in this. Right? Yeah. He was a genie. Yeah. You you may have heard that. Uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine. So this this occurred uh, over a, a month ago. What's a Russia? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did we and, cover that? And, uh, and in the beginning, people's internet started going out. Uh, and roughly, it was somewhere around 10,000 uh, Viasat customers, these are satellite internet customers, had their services shut off. And couldn't figure and not, out what we're happened. not talking about in Ukraine. And uh, the majority were in Ukraine. They were. Yes. Okay. Yep. okay. Uh, but there were there were some outside as well. Like you can't do targeted attacks anymore. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. Um, well, here I am jumping to the attack button, right? Because in the beginning they didn't know if it was an attack or just a screw up on Viasat's part, right? Uh, and so the research it was a started. Firmware update that went horribly awry. It could <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen it. It's been, it's been known. Yeah. So here we are uh, a month later, and they finally had a chance to dig in and identify that a wiper was used. And a wiper in this case is not like a windshield wiper, but a... It's people uh, that pick their nose and come by you. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate those people. Oh, golly. Yeah, biohazard. Like, like yeah. human. Yeah. But in this so case, it's, uh, <laughs> it's virus or malware that erases your computer, right? It yeah. erases the hard drive. And, and we've seen some ransomware that's like that, where instead of encrypting your system, it just races it and you know you're screwed those are are not normally used by the extortionists that we see on a regular basis they're used by attackers and so the theory was that russia was doing a cyber attack on ukraine to shut off internet access uh well they've had a chance to analyze the malware that was used and they have some circumstantial evidence that ties it back to to Russia, but we can't we can't say that for certain. But what we can say for certain is it wasn't just a bad firmware update. It was a malicious cyber attack. It was specially crafted malware that was designed to shut down these Viasat modems. Is, is the majority of the Ukrainian population using Viasat? Uh, Ten thousand, right? Uh, Ukraine's right. population is. Uh, it's like million 100 or million or something yeah. is, it? Is, it, is it that much it's, that's a lot it hang on let's find out seems like a small lot. little country i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna say i'll say a four 40, or five million 40 million 44 million 44 okay, million. okay. still 44 million right Ten thousand. So, so this is a drop right? in the bucket it's, it's not gigantic and right. think about here in the u.s like how many of us are on satellite internet yeah. versus cable right. or, just or whatever is it just ronnie it's just ronnie yeah so, Still waiting uh, for Starlink to show up. Well, so this was, and yeah, how many Starlinks came into Ukraine and probably uh, a thousand these? in the initial shipment? I know they've sent oh, more since then. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but what's interesting here is that the attack was based or was targeting the modem, right? And I, I think about my house, right? So I've got I've got fiber through AT and T, and so there is a AT and T modem slash transceiver, okay. and that you know. It, Comes in fiber, runs that. I don't trust that device because it's AT&T's. And then behind it is my equipment that I do trust, which is secured, right? right? So I keep my equipment up to date. I know it's configured securely. 
But if an attacker targeted my fiber modem, I I don't trust that device. They could shut it down and I'd yeah. be out of internet, right? Yeah, they can't get onto your network, but they could they, they could, could shut down your it. network. Yeah. Yeah. And I would assume if it's a wiper program, that's what it was meant to do anyway, is knock yeah. you off the internet. That that was why like it doesn't really seem like it would be a great attack unless, you know, a couple of weeks after where we saw many multiple I mean, again, it's it's just not enough to be a good attack. Right? Yeah, but in, yeah, in, in war, seem... the first thing you do is you 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 know disable communication systems and yeah, and things but like that, you're so. not you you you're so Billy the farmer out here doesn't get internet. Big whoop. You see that farmer? You, know, you need take to go the tank after on his. Uh, you <laughs> need to go after infrastructure, right? The, yeah. the, the main. You're going to go yeah. after Ukrainian government transportation communications. That's where you're going to go, not via sat satellite well, customers. I'd like to think, let's let's try and think positive, right? That maybe this was part of a much larger cyber attack that the Ukrainians were just able to defend against. Yeah, this was the part that worked. Yeah. 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 And (laughs) so it was (laughs) minimized. But it it made me wonder, and I wanted to ask you, Daniel, because I I do take the time to harden like my router, stick Mm -hmm. a firewall in the network, secure things, but I don't pay much attention to my modem. So have you heard of or seen guides or anything on people hardening their modem? I I haven't seen, I've heard of people doing it when they have the ability to do so because you know, like you say most of it is rented equipment that mm-hmm. you you know you have very little purview into they don't really want you fiddling with it a whole lot yeah you know they like it the way they like it and that way they get consistency with their customer base and if something goes wrong they you know it's a handful of things mm-hmm. if those things don't work you probably just got a busted piece of equipment they replace that it's easy button for them right because it's all about making money so if you are hardening your modem you're most likely have purchased your own Doxus three or whatever yeah. from Best Buy, and you're coming in, and that yes, absolutely, people do uh, responsible disclosure on that. Bug bounty programs are available for those hardware hackers that are out there trying to figure out, hey, what services is it running? Is there any vulnerabilities to said services, or are there just any kind of like security misconfigurations that are out of the box? You get CVEs for that stuff, right? Yeah, you're like oh, you've got a port eighty open that gives you access to the SD card. How about that? <laughs> I can write that up, disclose that. I get a CVA, good for me. And you just got to be willing to go out and buy the new equipment that comes yeah. out and test it, find that stuff. And then make a hardening guide if you're so inclined. And mm-hmm. there's companies out there that the manufacturers probably would come up with some sort of thing if they're so inclined again. Yeah. Man, it just depends. What, you got to uh, trust that vendor. What do you What do you have at home? What is your internet connection? Are you uh, I use, engineering? I use Spectrum. Hmm. Um, so it's and cable? I, it's cable, yeah. So, so you, you can got like a modem. Motorola? It's not Motorola. It's um, actually. Do you have the one from? I'll tell you is what Motorola. it is. I don't care. Do you have the one from the, the cable company, though? Or did yeah, you buy your it's own? it's the one okay. from cable company. Yeah. I, I want to go to Don Drive. I've, I've only lived in the house I'm in for a few months, so yeah. it's just, you know, but you're, you're right, moving you're, in. When you've got the fiber, you're, you're kind of limited in using their modem, right? Uh, I Up am to internet yeah. connectivity. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I have cable too, and yeah. you could you could use theirs that they give you, or you can buy your own modem. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I'm gonna sound like the smarmy tech guy because our our fiber line got cut this weekend for the third time. I was gonna say, didn't it? Didn't yeah, it, it, it just got cut. So they they repaired it yesterday <laughs> afternoon. So this afternoon we're getting uh, gigabit. Or it's actually already turned on the gigabit copper uh, through cable. Yeah, uh, and we're just gonna have two internet connections now. Oh, you got uh, redundancy. I'm just I'm tired of, of losing that connection. Yeah, you, know, you should so, get this via set. You know, yeah. hey, that's not bad. <laughs> Good backup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your area sounds impoverished enough where maybe Elon Musk <laughs> will bring in Starlinks yeah. for free. Yeah. Maybe if you make a, you know, like a he's like, TikTok. I've heard about your plea. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, your plight. You know, we're we're stuck eating like. Wendy's and stuff. Because I couldn't DoorDash. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the hell? I had to oh actually leave my house. That's difficult. Well, yeah. I hardened yeah. my modem by uh, by you putting it in, the, in the furnace, and then I, I dipped it into hot oil there to, you go. to quench it and harden that's, it. That's exactly it. Uh, good well, hardness. Like what's, the Rockwell, what's the Rockwell hardness on that? I don't know. That's uh, it forging. It that's like, that sounds like a metal forging. Joke. It does not work anymore. I know it does that. not work anymore. <laughs> Rockwell, is that the guy that did... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he has his own index and then Michael Jackson actually made yeah. that song popular yeah, yeah. Quincy's right. like listen this is gonna suck <laughs> Mike a couple hook, things hook a we were talking about uh, replacing CentOS before and that's a webinar we've got coming yeah. up yep. uh, later uh, this month we're gonna talk about uh, which which option you should go with so we'll get a little bit more into Rocky and Alma uh, and all those things but the next webinar we have is Thursday April 7th uh, which is today, the day that this uh, this very episode comes out. It is choosing the right Linux distro in 2022 uh, with Don and Daniel here. 
So we'll go through uh, all those new options that you have and, and the good old favorites that are, are still reliable and you'll want to choose. Uh, you can head over to itpro.tv slash webinars to register for that if you're watching ahead of time or head over there still and you can get uh, notified when the archive of it is up so you can still watch it after the fact. Uh, and you can register for all the, the upcoming webinars there or see all the ones that have been archived before. Uh, also, head over to technado.com. We asked for some, some listener mail. What did you ask, Don, if people would tell us? Mama jokes. Well, yeah, no, but there was something today. Mama you said, jokes. <laughs> uh, all right, jokes about Don's mom. Always welcome. Always welcome. Specifically Don's. Yeah. Uh, Specifically Don. Yeah. yeah, you know, there, there was something I asked. I don't yeah, you said, though. tell us what... Zoned hard drive. No, tell nah, us what. Yeah. Why nah, nah. security huh. can't. Nah. Let them watch it in the replay. Tell us what Mailchimp you. You weren't listening either, Don. Yeah. <laughs> probably you tell us your favorite scene in Top Gun. Yeah. That's right. That's probably what it was. Yeah, or your favorite Cold War movie. Yeah. Um, let us know one. that, and we'll definitely favorite bring Cold that up. Uh, maybe definitely we'll send Under Siege. You, yeah. With uh, <laughs> Under Siege Two was my favorite. By Don's early light. <laughs> right. well, two was the boat, right? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, that was the first one. Oh, that was the first the one. Train oh, okay, was the, the train one. was second. That was terrible. Okay, um, Casey Ryback. But yeah, if we if we mention your stuff, we'll send you a Technado T-shirt. How about that? So uh, get that stuff sent in. So head over to technado.com for that. You can also hit the big orange button in the corner that says "Sponsored by IT Pro TV," and you can get a thirty percent off coupon code for the lifetime of your personal membership to IT Pro TV. You can also request a team trial for all the great features available to teams from IT Pro TV. So check that out. All right, guys. Have Happy two fiftieth, and and uh, and say goodbye to the studio. I think we're we're gonna uh, light it on fire as we <laughs> exit, right? Is that, yep, yep. That sounds like a great idea. I got the pump sprayer full of kerosene, Perfect. ready to go. All right, we're gonna do that, and, uh, and then we'll have painted on eyebrows next week, probably <laughs> for the first episode. I hope those kids survive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's kids in here. Well, Melissa and Ian. Well, yeah, what do you think's in I'm this? Thinking Melissa and Ian. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much uh, to Melissa, our our producer back there. Um, you know, this is this is not her two fiftieth uh, as no, well. She no, joined probably like a uh, couple of days ago. Right? Yeah, <laughs> in the, maybe the two tens, two twenties. I'm not sure. Um, but thank you to Ian, uh, who who does our our sound as well. Um, I'd like to thank my parents uh, for <laughs> thank God. For not we believing should, in me, they were right. Uh, we should do the like photo gallery thing where you play a Sarah McLaughlin song. Yeah. And it shows like Justin. Oh, it's like yeah. Courtney. I was like How everybody many that's died gone? on the show that yeah. I don't know about. Oh, okay. Yeah, old the producers, eyes of an angel. old uh, yeah. old guests and hosts. Yeah, uh, we'll do that next week. Maybe that'll be one of those segments, and the people just listening just get to hear Sarah McLaughlin, <laughs> yeah, which is always like, a treat. I didn't know well, they got the rights to this. Yeah, <laughs> what's wrong with the animals? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for joining us for for two fifty. We'll we'll see you for the next two fifty right here on Technated with Don Pizzette.